Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest is Nate Rifkin. Well, he's been down a journey. You know, he uh, contemplated committing suicide, and he was in deep debt. And, you know, how was he going to even attempt anything in life? I mean, everything he did kind of turned to dust. He tried so many entrepreneurial dreams and yet failed achieving at his goals. Worse, he spiraled into debt, drank every morning, felt lonely and lost, and ultimately hated himself. But a few years after a brutal bankruptcy, a stint spinning signs on the street corner, Nate Rafkin had a quadrupled uh, had quadrupled his income, married the woman of his dreams, and found happiness and contentment. But what made the difference? Oddly enough, he would discover an ancient form of meditation that reversed his downward spiral and elevated him to levels of success he never dreamed possible. Candid and painful, but ultimately inspiring, the standard standing medication, uh, meditation, medication, which actually, yes, meditation is medication, folks. So the standing meditation um, is what has helped him and it's, it's a step-by-step -step on how to perform the ancient meditation and introducing you to the mysterious spiritual transitions that comes from it and we're going to be talking all about that today how did he with this Taoist mystical tradition help him find love and uh, triple that income and get onto an equilibrium because there's an awful lot of people right now that are how had that cosmic two by four, you know, the last year and a half has been very hard on a number of people. Um, the few years before that have been extremely stressful. And there's a lot of people at that end of tether right now. They don't know the way out. And having found your way out into true happiness, uh, you realize you do have to work on it, don't you, Nate? Yeah, you do. Um, and if you don't, as you said, there's going to be a cosmic two by four that is going to remind you that there's no, you know, the time for kind of sleepwalking through life is is over these past this past year and a half has shown that it's just like, okay, this, this is it. So, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm thrilled to, to share with you. Well, you know, I always find it's very courageous of people who are willing to share their story because in the past, um, anything like even thinking about suicide or even talking about bankruptcy, you know, a faux pas, no, 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 it's, you know, you're washing your dirty linen out in public and it's a sign of failure. And for me, the sign of success are those that have fallen many times, but chose to get back up and chose to find a path that's going to work for them. So thank you for being brave enough to write the book and come and share your story. Oh, I, I'm honored to do so. Um, I know what it's like to contemplate suicide. Um, I even attempted it myself. Um, it, it really, you have to be at the end of your tether, don't you? You just, there's, you can't see a way out. All you can see is the same old, same old, and that, you know, you're down in that rabbit hole and you can't even see any light to come out of it. Um, and for you, you were down in that rabbit hole and you were contemplating the various ways that you could do it. How long were you there for before you kind of switched your thinking? 
You know, uh, that's a great question. It was a it was a very slow sort of steady decline for me. Well, maybe not steady, but it was slow. <laughs> um, so it, it was really a pro. It was probably the decline was years. We're talking a few years or several years, and probably that that trench at the bottom, that rock bottom um, abyss, was probably um, a year several months or, or a year because um and and the reason i emphasize that it was a long thing is because when you get to that dark place there's for me there was a lot of feeling uh lost and frustrated and almost uh, actually betrayed mm. because this was after i was really trying um mm. it was after i was exploring different things and i think that's what can really drive people to the darkest of places is when hey wait a minute I'm actually doing my end. I'm trying what is supposed to work and it's not working. I'm, I'm, tr I'm, I'm working hard. I'm trying to change my thoughts. Um, and I'm trying to build new habits mm -hmm. and I'm not getting what was promised to me. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what it was like for me. Yeah. You know, um, I've been in many adventures, um, backed many things, and dropped uh, bankrupt myself a few mm. times and it's like you know the i've always been a person to go by my instincts my gut will guide me and then when your gut guides you and everything feels so utterly right you know and and whatever you're doing everybody's really gung-ho about and yet it still doesn't manifest it still doesn't come to fruition or you still get taken you know you go, but i don't understand there was the green light everywhere you know, how come we ended up with a brick wall and immediately start second guessing that intuition, that gut feeling of where did I go wrong? And um, automatically start beating ourselves up, don't we? Oh, yeah. I, actually, uh, it's it's fascinating that you brought that up. I'm I'm writing about this right now. Mm. When you said you're talking about like having a gut feeling and then and things uh, just don't work out like you saw. So if you like, I, I'd love to take that and run with it. Please run okay. away. <laughs> okay, I'll run. Well, yeah. Another way, but you know yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> run forward, run forward. Then we're gone. Yeah. <laughs> so where'd he go? <laughs> you said I could. Uh, so, so, you know, it, but it's fascinating what you said because with the gut feeling is right, but things don't work out like you saw. So I, my personal experience, I found there's like four, four major reasons for this. Um, and you, you'll love the last one. One of the major reasons is that number one, our gut signal gets uh, over shrouded by something we demand out of life, uh, something that we're clawing for and grasping for. And I've been there. I, I think I spent my entire 20s there. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. because when when we want something and mm -hmm. when we claw for it, it's almost like the visual I like to use now is like, imagine you get invited to a friend's dinner party and, you know, you're trying to, everyone's having conversations. Everyone's sitting down, dinner's on the way. You know, you don't know what the dish is, but it's going to be pretty nice. And you start saying, hey, hey, I, I, I want I want the meatloaf. Could you bring out the meatloaf now? Why isn't the meatloaf here? Am I doing something wrong? Your host is going to look at you like you're crazy. It's going to be almost insulting. Just yes. imagine it. That's what happens when people like mentally and emotionally and psychically like claw and grasp for, for something. And it's, and look, I know it's hard to like be in a place where it's like, 
but I really do want this. I really do want that better job. And I get it. I've been there. But the trouble is when we have that emotion, emotions blare loud. Your gut signal is subtle. Yes. So, yeah. So it's, it's like trying to listen to a really beautiful um, violin or a flute in a nightclub where the music <laughs> is blaring. I mean, it's, it's going to be incredibly challenging. So that's one way. Another way is that people will often confuse a good gut feeling with their, uh, with their comfort zone. So now a comfort zone is a funny thing because a comfort zone doesn't mean someone's in a healthy place. It just means that's the, the kind of unhealthy suffering that they're used to, that they got raised with. Um, my wife and I were actually just talking about this because she's, she's working with a, a coaching client and she, and she is uh, uh, dating right now. And she's like, the client is saying like, oh, I met this person. Uh, and, and he's like, oh, I, I just felt like this instant sort of comfort with him. And my wife is like picking up on this is like, is that because it's actually your gut or is it because this person really reminds you of the dynamic you had with your parents? Mm -hmm. um, so you have to sort of suss out, am, am I seeking comfort or am I following what my gut truly wants me to do, which can sometimes be intimidating. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not the easy path. It's, it's just the proper path. So that's, so that's two. Um, and actually I kind of covered two in one because the third one I was going to talk about was um, the it being overshrouded by emotions. So, uh, but I tied that into like a, having an addictive want for something. Cause oftentimes when we have an addictive want or when we have a, a, a don't want, mm. I don't want to go through this intimidating situation. What's going to happen is your emotions are going to blare louder than your gut really yeah. is. So, so that's three. The final one though, is oftentimes we have what we want. We are following our gut signal, but we're on, we're on kind of a preset path. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, really? Do I have to like wait this long and go through all these challenges before I kind of get see some kind of light at the end of the tunnel? Maybe because um, you, might, you might turn around to be a teacher and a mentor and a guide for a lot of other people um, so oftentimes you kind of look back and it's like, I actually kind of was following my gut the whole time. And it, it, it wasn't always bringing me instantly to the promised land, mm -hmm. but it was bringing me to these perfect lessons that now I'm turning around and I'm telling other people. So that, that's, that's, that's actually literally what I'm writing about right now. An excellent topic. Cause it's something that I address all the time is, yeah. um, we go down certain paths because everything in our gut says, do it. But our brain preconceives what it means. If we listen yeah. to the wisdom, you know, I always say the, the gut is your soul intuition. It's, it's the challenging of the wisdom. It resonates with your heart in truth. It goes to your spirit interaction and your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. But if we go and insert the mind before it's gone through the process, the mind takes over and it starts dictating what the picture should be and how it should all be. And then the process of actually what the vision really is and making that happen is overshrouded. And you yeah. end up going down the wrong path, hitting a brick wall and going, I don't understand. Well, yeah, you initially listened to your gut, your heart, your soul, your channeling of that wisdom, but you didn't allow yourself to go through the process of allowing 
the, what you need to know when you need to know it to happen, you immediately started dictating and demanding what needed to happen. And that is where you went wrong. And yeah. we need to get out. I've always said to people, please feel your wisdom. Don't think it. Um, because if we're trapped in our thoughts. It, it's a database. We go back to old patterns uh, or we jump the gun. And we haven't gone through that process of why we need to go through it to truly understand what it is we're meant to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. And you know, I think we're yeah, in our 20s. We're too much in a rush. Everything's the highway, you know, foot to the pedal, fifth gear, sixth gear. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, we're rushing down that highway and I want to get to there. I want to get to there. And it's like. You get there and you realize, well, I, I got here, but I'm not prepared. <laughs> Failure, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's like, as you get older and, and you've had a few hard knocks, etc., you realize, okay, the slower road, like the tortoise and the hare. You know, I may be a plodder. I may, you know, sometimes it's one toe, one foot, sometimes a yard. And I can, you know, continue going down, but I'm going to be sure-footed here because if I don't build the foundation, what am I building? Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I, th I think you're right on. And it's, it's, and when you mentioned the idea that we have to feel our wisdom, you know, I, I, I think you're right on there. And it's really, you have to, and that requires a lot of listening. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's a subtle feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and you might not always agree with the feeling if you, right. you could, if you could phrase it that way, agreeing <laughs> with your feeling, but, um, but yeah, it requires a lot of listening. And it's, you know, listening is, is it's a tough skill. It could be a tough stick. It could be a tough skill to develop, mm -hmm. especially with yourself. Yes. Yeah. Aren't we very good at giving advice to other people, but not very good at following it ourselves? <laughs> oh, yeah. This podcast is fun for me. I get to like talk and talk. It's great. <laughs> then later I have to turn back into like, all right, I have to be a student. All right, where am I messing up? Oh, that's the rough. I think also, you know, I always say that um, plant your seeds. Don't forget to water and nurture them, but don't tug at them. Let them grow as they're meant to yeah. grow. And that's something that comes with age where you learn patience. I would say patience, grasshopper, you know, because, you know, if that patience is the wisdom of knowing, you know, how much water, how much nurturing, when is the time to pick? Because we, un we, we literally slow down our process to see something grow. And we know how to, you know, um, redirect or, or reconstruct something along the way because we're paying attention. But that's not something we necessarily do in our youth. And I'm not just talking about the youth. There are many people still chasing mm -hmm. and they haven't slowed down to pay attention. And you're successful now. And I bet that came about, you know what it's like to hit the brick wall, right? You yeah. know what it's like to bottom out um, and to face that bankruptcy, you know, now the debt on top of it all. But what was your key thing of like getting it right this time? you know, of, of finally being successful? What was your process? Well, that's a great question. So before I went bankrupt, I was on like this multi-year, you know, swirling down the financial toilet. Um, 
and yeah, and, and my mindset was always because I, I am I, I, I love writing and I, I really wanted to be a business owner of some sort or an entrepreneur or at least like self-employed. I just found that was like the, the path for me. And I had made a go of several businesses. Like one was selling uh, products on how to do yoga. Some someone else is sort of like the expert on it, but I'm like, I can handle the business end of it. Yeah. Another one was like selling um, natural herbal supplements. I was partnered with a, another person, two other people. one person and one was a doctor. And, you know, the trouble, my mindset was, I am going to build these businesses and that is how I will succeed. And until then, I don't need to bother with my own personal finances or my own organization of my finances. I'll, I'll build my way out of debt. And it was actually especially rough about this. I, I had like a mentor who encouraged like, you don't scrimp and save to get out of debt. You build a big business and that's how you do it. And I don't want to throw the guy under the bus too much, although he was a, he, he had a dark side to him, but I mean, I filtered what he was saying incorrectly instead of taking what was useful and then discarding the rest and figuring out what was good for my situation. I latched on to that wisdom and used it almost like actually kind of warped it in order to ignore my own finances. So I'll tell you a funny story. I used to live in Boulder, Colorado, and I was in a, you know, I was in like a very small, cheap condo. Boulder's not so cheap now, but back then it was pretty, it was relatively cheap. So, but what I would do is I would get a credit card bill in the mail. And this is when things were getting really bad. I would drop the bill on the floor because I didn't even have much of a desk at the time. Um, and I'd cover it up with some other mail. And this was like barely conscious. This is how asleep I was at the wheel. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you're doing the scene. You know, yeah, here. <laughs> And yeah, because after that, I mean, that bill left my conscious observation once it was covered up and I started racking up more and more debt. And it was like, it was, you know, death by a thousand cuts. This was like debt by a thousand cuts because it was all like, you know, make the $39 minimum payment and I wouldn't do it. Sometimes it was because I didn't have $39 bill, but sometimes I did. Sometimes I did. And the debt just kept on going up. Um, and the dream I had where I was grasping at building out this big business never happened. So that's, that's how I eventually went bankrupt was because I couldn't even afford the minimums and I had to go get a job uh, spinning signs on the street corner, which I, I could use to afford rent and food if I moved into an even cheaper condo, which I did, but I couldn't afford the minimum debt. So after I went bankrupt, I'm like, I, I have a choice. I can see this as a horrible failure. I can feel bad about myself. I could give up, which I don't know what I would have done if I gave up, just keep spinning signs, I guess. Um, but I, I decided I'm going to harness the power of this. I'm gonna consider this like a financial baptism. It's like, I get to start over. Now, the funny part is I still had a bunch of tax debt that I couldn't get rid of, but I'm like, I'll worry about that later. As far as I'm concerned, I'm starting over. Um, because that was, that was the law at the time. I don't know what the law is in the U.S. now, but at, at the time, the United States, a certain recent tax debt, even in a bankruptcy, you couldn't get rid of. So I was like, oh. So after it, it was over. I know. I taxes. <laughs> and I, I, later, I could tell what happened with that. So it was, it, it, spoiler, it's a happy ending. I'm good now. Um <laughs> But after I literally, after I walked out of that, uh, the office where the like the bankruptcy court was, after I walked out of the building, which was in downtown Denver, 
I was like, all right, striving and grasping for a big successful business didn't work. But you know what I think will is I'm going to take 10% of my income and I'm going to save it in a savings account. And at the time I was making about $300 a week. I was making, I don't know how the math worked out, but it was like $10 an hour spinning a sign on a street corner full time, 40 hours a week. And I moved into a condo at the time. This is out, this condo is in the middle of nowhere. The rent was 525 bucks a month. And I'm like, I'm going to pay for rent. I'm going to pay for food, gasoline for my car because I need it for work, insurance, car insurance, whatever. And I'm going to set aside 10% in a savings account. I will give away 10% to charity. And I started doing that and I did that without fail. And every time I, I, I did it on, I was able to do it online, the, the savings. So every time I transferred that money, I went from $30 to 60 to $90. And I looked at that. I looked at that account and it's just $90 or something like that. But I'm like- 120 over a month. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And, and, from, and, and I thought to myself, I am growing wealthy. Right. I'm growing wealthy. Now it may not be at a, a at the pace I want, but I literally am doing it. So after I did all that mindset stuff back years before, which didn't work for me, here I am telling my brain, I'm not telling my brain I will be wealthy. I'm not saying I can do it. I'm not saying I am like in the process of attracting rare or whatever phrase people use to like, you know, rewire their brain for wealth. I was telling my brain, hey, I am. Yes. And here's the proof. My brain finally got it because I I wasn't convincing it. I was actually doing it. It, Mm -hmm. It's proof. So what happened was you might think it's like, well, okay, but all you're doing is 30 bucks a week. You know, you couldn't afford that. What happened was my car would start to break down less and less. Mm -hmm. Things happened where it's like, oh, I can't afford it this week. But then something would happen. It's like, huh. Wow. Okay. I guess that bill it got taken care of, or I got this this refund over here. Little things. And now, after that, though, what happened was, I slept so much better at night, both literally and, and like metaphorically. I was just I was calmer. I was more centered. I had the confidence backed by reality that I was growing wealthier. I had the growing savings. Was I able to make better decisions about my career? You bet. Was I better able to meet people and have a different vibe when I built relationships in terms of my career and any any kind of business I want to venture into? You bet I did. So there was a knockoff effect, a ripple effect, and it yes. all started on the inside. I couldn't I couldn't do it like let me force this with a mindset and show up. I literally had to do it from a genuine place. Um, and that, that's how I started the process. Now, it'd be several more years before I could like really ramp that up. But that, that you're asked about that turning point, that was it. Well, you know, life is an inside out job. But <laughs> yeah. society teaches us to live outside in. And yeah. you did the outside in. And I'm sorry, the guy didn't share wisdom with you. He shared knowledge because it wasn't very wise. Right? Touche. <laughs> um, we go for all of those things because that's kind of societal dictation, right? You know, you're going to be successful. Think, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, think rich and grow rich, grow rich, whatever oh, yeah. the thing is, right? Yeah. Yeah, think and grow rich, yeah. But I think it is, ask yourself, what is what is my wealthy mindset? And as you said, 10% savings, 10% give away, 
right? So you are enriching other lives while you are enriching your soul and growing your riches. And already that's more of an enrichment of a mindset that is going to trickle down to every single aspect of your psyche. And now it believes you are rich, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, if you look at my bank account, I'm by no ways <laughs> considered rich <laughs> at all, straight mm -hmm. by. But I consider myself an incredibly enriched and abundant person. Because when it comes down to it, what is our meaningful purpose? Whom are we serving? Are we doing it from a place from the center of our heart and our souls? And when we do it from there and you're calm, you're sleeping well, you really feel that you're on the right track, you know that you're gathering momentum and it's not full speed. You don't care if you're in first gear, right? Because what you're doing is you're taking the scenery in. You're, you're connecting with people along the way that you need to connect with. You're gathering your tribe and these things to start beautifully, heartfully manifesting and growing on its own because you've seeded the, you've, you've planted those seeds and watered and nurtured them. So people think you need to have money to grow rich, but it's a little money that enriches us. But first we've got to have the enrichment mentality in our hearts and souls, not yeah. just our brains. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And, and you know, you just reminded me actually, um, another thing I did, I would pick up pennies on the ground and nickels and dimes. And I would actually start stacking them on my mantelpiece. And I would write down in a journal when it happened. I remember I picked up, because uh, when I when I went bankrupt, when I literally just went to the, the meeting with the judge and, 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 and raised my hand, right hand, raised my right hand. I, I, I forget, I, I honestly forget if it was on the way to or the way back, but either way, I was walking down the street and I found like a quarter and a dime and a mm -hmm. nickel. And that was like a big haul for me. I'm like, and it, it helped that I was walking by the um, the paid parking meters because I know those are good spots. But if you, <laughs> you want to manifest good luck with coins to really get this process going, walk around the paid parking meters. Um, it's a, it's a, it's like Christmas. Um, <laughs> but I, I would start stacking those. And again, because, and, it was even less than $30 a week, it was far less. But what I reminded myself in this case was, this is just free money that came yeah. to me. The gravy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's possible, it's here. I can I can tangibly feel the proof and hold it in my hand. So yeah, talk, you know, talk about in, enriching. So yeah, right on, right on. Well, the universe is saying, you're on the right track, yeah. right? It's and like talk you about know, great timing, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, and but the, you know, it was always there. You weren't in the right mindset to see it. Yeah, exactly. Who knows how many I walked over? Right. I, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I remember a one time. I think I was walking down the street with a friend, and maybe I at one point picked up a nickel or something, and he found a like, I forget if it was a dollar bill or a twenty dollar bill. But that guy, yeah, he, he had some magic. He's like, oh, yeah, that happens to me a lot. And I got all jealous and stuff. So <laughs> don't compare yourself to other people, you know. <laughs> no, I'm glad you said that because yeah. I think two things that are very detrimental are comparing competitive. Yeah. Leave the competitiveness to the sports or the games that you play. That's where the competition belongs. But the moment you start comparing, you feel less than. And if you are competing all the time, where you're competing against yourself, not anybody else. And why are you in this race with yourself? Mm -hmm. But the comparison, I think, is very, very deadly. 
it's 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 very painful it's kind of like flogging yourself and yeah. you know as just as you said that i thought to myself because you mentioned leave it leave it to competitive games and it's like mm -hmm. sports can be great because um see even in a sports arena of competition you're not going to put the the high school team against the pro team right and a lot of sports like say where where the size of the person really matters like uh, mm -hmm. wrestling or wrestling. boxing they divide it up by weight class right so even in this the pure competitive arena people understand it's like look it's ridiculous and it's harmful to have to have this com competition with people that are just on a totally different path that's what i like to remind myself is like they're on a different path yes. they have different lessons they're going to have different challenges and even like literally today or yesterday up till today i have to i have to keep reminding myself of this it's like they're on a different path they have mm -hmm. different lessons mm -hmm. you know so you have your path with your lessons um there's a there's a quote um i forget what actually i tried looking it up but i don't think it really comes from a specific person but it comes from sports and the idea is that the scoreboard takes care of itself mm -hmm. And this, you know, it's like if, if if you have two teams playing basketball, if they're constantly looking at the scoreboard and checking on it, they're gonna they're gonna drop the ball yeah. literally or have it stolen from them. Um, you focus on your own disciplines and your yes. own abilities that you can grow. And at the end, okay, glance at the scoreboard, see what happened. Yeah, and you know, it's we had the Olympics here in 2010, and um, it was it was wonderful. And what was wonderful was to be downtown and watch so many different athletes from different countries come together. They were all Olympians. Hmm. It didn't matter what medal they were or whether they medaled at all, because you know it has to be a little heartbreaking if you've missed that medal by one hundredth millionth of a second, you know, <laughs> because how much more can you push yourself for that? I mean, that is just the way it goes. But the the fact that they were all Olympians, that they were all there having a fabulous time, that their sports were there, the world had come to see them and cheer them on. You could feel that atmosphere. And it, you know, yeah, the competition was on the on the field, so to speak. It wasn't with each other when out they were all kind of comrades, which was wonderful. And it, it just shows how we can cheer people on. And you know, um, I don't know if you ever watch um master chef they have um, a master chef kids uh, and well master chef is is it's, it's a tv show where um all these amateur chefs come and, and it's competing against each other to win and then they started doing one with kids and the kids were mm. like eight years old having to stand on boxes <laughs> and, and they were creating dishes that like i couldn't do wow. you know the passion the conviction for them and if somebody you know fell so to speak they were all there hugging them Oh, it's okay. Don't worry. It'll be better next time. And it was such an example to the adults who I'm out to get them. You know, we don't want you to be out to get each other. We just want you to put your best foot forward and, and be there for each other. And whoever wins, they put the better foot forward. It's not out getting you, right? It's because mm -hmm. I've deemed failure in a totally different way. Fall as many times as you need to. It's the getting back up dusting yourself off and going, okay, I'm going to try again. Yeah. Failure is yeah. when you don't do that, when you give up, when you continue to spin boards on the corner. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. You know, ex exactly. And um, 
I'm, you know, I'm glad you brought up, I, I really am glad you brought up the master chef thing because um, it reminded me of something I just read about is it was, there was a fascinating sort of like scientific study done where they, they brought in a group of adults and on a separate event, they brought in a group of children and they gave them this little hands-on project to do. And it was like, it was building, it was like building a structure out of wooden sticks and marshmallows. And the structure had to like reach a certain height and like balance a marshmallow on the top. I forget the specifics, but the challenge was how high can you build the structure in 15 minutes and, and, and the marshmallow has to balance on top. So they, they did it, and I forget how many runs they did or whatever, but the adults, the average height was something like a foot, 12 inches. With the, and I don't know what that is in centimeters, but, um, and the children, the average height was like 18 inches. Mm-hmm. It's a children. And they mm-hmm. could do it better than the adults did. Yes. So they, the researchers want to know why. And they, they weren't just like uh, running this uh, competition. They were also, you know, monitoring and seeing what was going on. And the adults were so concerned with like creating this hierarchy and, and mm-hmm. talking out what they were planning out their plan and doing what they were going to do. The children just rolled up their <laughs> metaphorical sleeves and got their hands dirty yes. and started experimenting. Yes and start trying and failing and the marshmallow was falling everywhere. <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that up because it's like, you know, we had, we had that ability as, as children and it, you know, we grow up and we see what the giant adults around us are all doing and, and that starts to sort of get dimmed down within us. Um, and, 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 and adults are the ones who would be ashamed at failure and be ashamed at bankruptcy. Children wouldn't care. No, no. Okay, I just spend all other sandcastle. The youngest person I've interviewed was ten, and she'd oh, wow. written a book, three hundred and sixty-five days of gratitude with a positive attitude, and you know, and like she said, I just don't understand. If you're not happy doing such and such, why don't you just change and go and do something else? And it's so logical, and it's like, why as adults do we like to complex things so much more? We get intellectualized and the deep meaning of something and everything and it's like you know what i'm not happy doing this Hmm. there's surely got to be something else out there that that's going to make me happy and i'm going to keep trying different avenues until i find what it is which is what a kid would do but an adult it becomes this psychological failure or or um you're a loser or you can't get it together or there's a deeper meaning behind it and it's just lighten up (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you when after, after I went bank, well, it actually, it, this was like in the process of bankruptcy, when I was um, spinning that sign on the street corner, I was wearing a costume, I had people honking at me. I was the happiest I ever was. Uh-huh. Now that was, that was just my path in life. And I was, I was thrilled. And it was so wonderful. I remember sitting at the interview, because they interviewed for this job. It's like, I think there are two questions. But, you know, <laughs> I, I just remember the the interviewer, looking at me just being like, oh yeah, you're okay wearing costumes, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, I had enough presence of mind, I had enough maturity that I was just like, this is great. This is so perfect. I mean, this is like everything five years ago, I would have been like, what? Horrified to do. Horrified, <laughs> yeah. horrified and embarrassed. But yeah. I, I learned to have a sense of humor about my own yes. fumbling, bumbling existence. And that yeah. sense of humor was gave me the relaxation and the and it changed my vibe enough so that I could actually start to learn and grow and receive. Yeah. 
it was your redirect right it didn't mean stay there but it was the the place where you could tap back into that sense of joy because so many people live without joy yeah. and you know happiness it's not you know you don't go from zero to happiness you've got to go through the various stages and joy is one of them and that means finding joy in the simplest things around you that will make you happy it's not mm -hmm. happy to bring joy it's joy to bring happy mm -hmm. yeah um actually you remind me I, I love talking with you, Sarah, because you're dry. You just, I don't know, for some reason, you hit on some amazing point. I like, I just remember this random story from the past. So this one's a little, this one, the lesson's a little tricky because it might, yeah, you'll love my setup for this because it might trigger some people. They might jump to some in, uh, conclusions. I was at um, like kind of a spiritual retreat. This was more, this is after my bankers. This is more, more recent in my life. And I was talking with this guy and he was, he was in his sixties, something very, very cool guy, obviously a very centered, subtle guy. And he was telling me a story about how he went for a hike and it was in nature. And he was observing, like, I don't know what it was, whether it might've been some birds like building a nest. And he's like, this is gorgeous. Look at these birds just doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And he's enjoying the simple things. And then he turned his gaze and he saw um, those giant uh, metal structures that hold power cables. Yeah. The yeah. huge ones. Mm -hmm. And he took one look at those and he thought, that's so beautiful. It's people, you know, building what they're building. And I, I paused for a moment. I thought about it and I, I got the lesson. It wasn't a judgment on whether or not it's a good idea for us to build power cables or not. He was just taking a moment to observe, you know, living things just doing what they were doing and creating and assembling and, 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 and going through what they were meant to go through at that moment. And for the birds, it was their nest. And for the people, it was the power cables. And I was like, talk about living in that little moment and, and seeing and extracting the beauty of, of an observation without judgment. We don't do that enough. Yeah. We just don't do that enough. And I think I recently became a grandma. Oh, first time. Congrats. Yes. And he is oh, the apple of my eye. And he's a <laughs> smiler. And like, you know, the other day I go, my daughter's a little ways from me. So I go every two weeks and she put him in my arms to sleep. And then he kind of does the whole as he's coming back to life. And then he looks, opens his eyes and looks at me. And then this big smile, he's 13 weeks, big smile. And he has this smile that smiles with the eyes. Mm. It totally draws you in. And he reminds you that life is something to smile about. Now, I know in the last 18 months, we've gone through a horrific time. You know, in whatever way it's hit people, for some people it's been very good for them. Um, but there's been a lot of death, there's been a lot of destruction. You had the five years before that of total tornado of emotions politically going around that just had people up in hysteria for so long. And it's been a long time mm -hmm. and everybody is tired and exhausted and they're coming out of this now. And, you know, they may have lost their jobs or their business or, or somebody they loved. And it's like loss is inevitable in life. We're all going to lose something along the way. We're all going to be bottomed out at some point. It's how we get back up. It's um, everything has a reason and we don't see it at the time. But you can reflect back on it and go, oh, now I understand why. 
And, you know, I was involved with a, a gentleman who had invented an electric motor that was also a generator. And it was very much on the quantum physics, way beyond my understanding. But my gut said, this has to be developed. And he proved a technology where all of the technology people said it can't be done, that in math it cannot be done. And he proved it could be done. But this was around the 2008. And there was the crash. People were investing as it crashed. Then other people invested in us and ended up stealing our technology. Oh. And it ended up being really kind of catastrophic because I had literally put everything I owned in it and we're now living out of a van. Um, but it ended up with him taking all that he knew from that, all that he had learned from that, that quantum physics, along with the true colors, of which I'm a coach, and also along with numerology and because I was his muse and putting it all together and now he's created some artificial intelligence for Microsoft and it's like very often the vision that we're giving it has to be built we think it mm. has to be built it's a motor it should be worked as a motor because originally we're looking at cars right mm. and in the end there's nothing wrong with that motor somebody wanted to pick it up and take it on today it could be absolutely some amazing things but that was not what its life was meant to be. It was meant to steer him in this other direction. Wow. Right? And for mm. me, um, I bottomed out, like, what am I going to do now? No money, no nothing. Where am I going? The motor stopped. You know, I'm not a part of this other world. And I actually was depressed and wrote an article on depression. Somebody read that article, went to my site and said, I think you should come and be a, be a podcast host on my site i didn't even know what a podcast was at that time wow. and yeah. i said yes because i do and first show i did was live it was live 13 months i pressed all the wrong buttons and it was like you know, a monty python skit for those that are old enough to remember who monty python is oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's the saturday night live skit you know and and then 13 months later i started my own network which has been eight years and i'm now doing what i am meant to do and what i absolutely love to do but it had to come about. I had to go around that other journey. If this had been offered to me at any different time, I wouldn't have had the confidence. I wouldn't have believed in it. You know, this is the thing. Every journey you take, however many times you fall over yourself, it's the getting back up and realizing it's leading you somewhere. Just pay attention. And, and it always comes up uh, where you least expect it. Mm. Right? With the least yeah. expected people. Absolutely. Now you talk a lot about the meditation, the Taoist, and, and there are different forms of meditation. You know, there many people can find ways of meditating that suits them. The key thing though is getting into a space within yourself that really, really centers you, that goes to your core because your core cannot lie. Your core is your channel truth. It's your heart truth. It's your soul spirit truth. It cannot lie. And you want to be able to hear your, your core above all that other noise that you were talking about. Hear the flute at the disco. Mm. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and it's learning to tune things out. And we need to find that meditative practice, whatever it is, that can take you in and center yourself. Because from there, you really can springboard, can't you? So tell us a little yeah. bit about your meditative practices. Certainly. And I... I um... I was lucky enough to learn this um, in my, I was about, I was probably in my mid to late twenties. Um, and it was during those darkest times when I was mm -hmm. depressed and it was what pulled me out. 
because this is the first time that I was engaging in a practice where I was actually working with my energy rather than working with my surface level chatter right. or rather than trying to like pick out a goal or pick out a habit or something like this. Um, and if people love to set goals and it works for them, that's, that's great because the physical and the mental and the energetic are all interrelated. And at one person's doorway to getting that, that dynamic going could be different from another person's doorway. Yeah. For me, I had to go directly into working with my energy. Um, so, and the beautiful thing about uh, Taoism is, um, especially the meditative practices, is they're very body-based. You start with uh, really tangible physical stuff. So I had, cause I had tried like kind of sit quietly and observe thought meditating in the past. It wasn't, it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't resonate with it. I didn't really like the results, but with the Taoist meditation, they like to emphasize deep breathing, mm -hmm. breathing into your belly, mm -hmm. physical relaxation of all your tissues. And from there, um, directing your mind, your focus, your intention, and your kind of and your mental chatter kind of rides yeah. along with that to working on your breathing um, and your physical relaxation. So a real simple practice that I learned, and the kicker of this is it's done, it was, I did it standing. I did standing with my knees a little bit bent um, and like almost like I was standing on a super high bar stool. So my mm -hmm. hips are kind of tucked a bit, which is kind of lengthening and straightening my spine. The um, chakras. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's fascinating how these traditions, like they have different words, but they're all yeah. walking up the same mountain. So, you know, there could be a tradition that calls them chakras with with Taoism, uh, they're, the, they're the Dantians and they're Taiji poles, what it's called, but the locations match up yes. like, perfectly. It's, it's great. So, and I would breathe into my belly, the uh, second chakra. Um, and what I do is I'd imagine feeling, feeling, like a warmth and energy gathering in there. Now, what is this doing? It's taking the energy that's looping and looping and looping in my mind, which any, any kind of practice I tried with positive thinking was just adding more energy to my mind. It's like my mind was a giant garbage disposal unit and it didn't go anywhere. It's terrible. So, but what happens is the energy would go down into my belly and I'd finally be able to balance things out. And as I breathe into my belly, I would relax my central nervous system. And as that relaxed, I was able to relax my muscle tissue more, which opens up the flow of energy, which helps me relax, which helps me quiet down those self-hating thoughts. Yes. And it wasn't because I was trying to stop hating myself. I wasn't battling against right, my thoughts. Right, right. Yeah. I was actually redirecting the energy. And as a result, the thoughts transformed. Mm. Um, and like we were talking about earlier, inside out job. Mm -hmm. This was the most inside I'd ever gotten. Yeah. Um, and the results, uh, the results were incredible. Um, I used to drink alcohol every morning and mm. this practice, by doing this practice, I actually felt good enough that I didn't crave that alcohol in the morning. So I stopped. That's just my personal journey. I don't know, everyone's different, but that's what happened to me other people started remarking. It's like, Nate, there's something different about you. And that's like when my rational mind was like, oh, wow, there really is something to this mm -hmm. if other people are picking up on yeah. it. Um, and I just, and nothing, so little was working out in my life that mm -hmm. I decided to really focus on this. Yes. Um, and that's how the ship took a long time to turn around, but this started turning it around. Um, and I needed a turnaround. So I'm like, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. 
Yeah. I had enough two by fours. It's like, okay, I'll take this. <laughs> How many more do you need before yeah. you get the message? <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Surrender. I got it. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Received. <laughs> we tell people to take a breath. You know, before you react, before you open your mouth, before you take an action, take a breath. And there's a reason for that. Three deep breaths does align your chakra. It allows that energy to go through your body more cohesively, calmer, and it allows your brain to get the oxygen it needs for rational thought. So there's a reason why we tell people to take a breath and the reason why breathing is so utterly important. Now, I'm an asthmatic. I know what it's like not to be able to breathe, right? You know, and literally feel the oxygen leave you. I know what it's also like when I take a deep breath and I can feel everything in my body just getting that kind of oxygen and opening up those energy channels and when we open up those energy channels they flow the one thing we don't need in our body is blocked chi blocked energy because wherever the blockage is is where the ailment is going to be yeah so yeah. that includes the head and if you're so trapped in your head and you're not taking those breaths and you're not centering yourself, not allowing that energy to flow through your body, your head's going to be constantly on that treadmill of the self-loathing, hate, anger, or anything else. So as you said, it doesn't matter which meditation you take, breathing is always the essential one and aligning up those chakras or uh, whatever, because in that alignment, that's where the energy goes through the body. Yeah, yeah, and 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 taking it and and really ded dedicating yourself to. Yeah. I like to say devoting yourself to it yes. because when you you devote yourself to something deeper and deeper, that's when the that's where the real gold is. Yes. And I and I'm also glad you brought up the the blocked energy because what I didn't get for so long was that it didn't matter what kind of actions I took because mm. all those actions were clouded yeah. by um, self sabotage. And the self-sabotage came from this blocked energy because like you said, blocked energy is where the ailment's going to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And blocked energy is also where the original trauma got yes. lodged. Yeah. So I, and I had no idea about any, I didn't know, but, but, uh, but what happened, what was going on when I finally started a deep breathing uh, meditative practice and I really devoted myself to it was that these energetic blocks were finally like getting dissolved. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, it's not always the most fun process because stuff will come up. You know, yes. will come up. You'll be like, oh, it's like, why am I thinking about this thing from like 20 years ago? Because it needs to come out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And 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 I, I'm glad we're talking about this because some people might think that something is going wrong I or do. that they are doing something wrong. Mm. It's like, no, 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 no. You're. This is great. Releasing. Yeah. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Keep keep it up. And then what we'll find is like, oh my goodness, I. I used to have this pattern and it kind of stopped or I used to always run into this kind of person mm -hmm. and that just kind of went away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. You know, the answers are always inside of us, including the traumas that are inside of us. Mm. And, you know, it's like uh, when you're detoxing, you know, a, a wound may get worse before it gets better because it needs to eliminate the toxins. And that goes for toxic memories. Hmm. And when they come up to the surface, um, that is when you go, I recognize you. I feel for you. I care for you, but I, um, you know, but I let you go. 
right? You know, it's how many, as somebody said, is um, grieve that inner child, mm. you know, and what they've been through. But you now uh, give you permission to release the pain. And when you can look back on something that happened to you without any ounce of pain or worry or anxiety, then you know you're through it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that sort of observer, observer space. Yeah, absolutely. Spirituality, uh, you know, the, the gamut of, of the umbrella, you know, TV shows like to make everything to do with spirituality, something to do with a cult and that it's <laughs> evil, right? But, you know, scientists are now recognizing that those that live on a spiritual plane are living in a higher frequency, a higher hertz, and the higher the frequency, the more they are actually on the vibration of love. And they can measure that now. And they're actually understanding that people who choose to live in a more spiritual realm are living at a higher level of hurts of love. And the scientists are beginning to understand it now. And the invitation really out to everybody is rise up. Rise up to this higher level. But in order to do that, it's got to come from the inside out. So it means you have to open up and release and love in because if you are not love and you don't practice love on you how can you share that love with others yeah yeah exactly um and i i remember going through this before i i actually knew what it was mm -hmm. um because when i um when i was uh, working as a sign spinner i'd stand on the street corner and a funny thing happened um a car would drive by and there'd be like a couple in it like uh, uh, the, the, the guy was driving um, and, the, and the woman like waved to me and I waved back and I just kind of thought to myself, it, it, it was like a feeling and a thought, it's just like, oh, I, I really love you. Mm -hmm. And then I'd look because the car, you know, the car is going slowly by and I'd see the, the guy driving the, I guess the boyfriend, like just glaring at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I would think and feel, I love you too. It was, it was equal. Right. It was both. It was yes. everyone. Yes. And it's not, and it's not to say, if, I mean, of course, like probably like five minutes later, I would get upset about something and like, you know, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but it was my, first... somebody goes through a puddle and splashes you. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but it was, it, it was my introduction without even knowing what was going on. I was like, Oh, this is that feeling of that, that like, universal love that just like it, it's the, that expansive like all-inclusive um uh feeling and mm -hmm. it's it was amazing for me because with because i wasn't i ha i had no preconceived notions of mm -hmm. what it was like I, I i was able to understand oh okay you're you still need you, you're still on a journey where you're working on yourself it doesn't mean you're like a saint but it does mean that throughout every every with every other person there's going to be that tra it could just be a trace but there's going to be that trace of that of that love it's yeah. like oh wow so okay so that's what that is so it's a matter of just like how much more uh, yeah. can you have that going while still living in this time time and space existence and you know we can never love enough and we yeah. can, you know, never be loved enough. And, you know, in, in a true relationship, one should feel honored that your partner is being loved by so many because mm -hmm. we have no territorial, um, you know, demands on them. And if, if your spouse or loved one or children or anything is loved by so many, you know they're doing something right. 
obviously if somebody tries to take action on that in an inappropriate way that's a different <laughs> thing but and some people do you know some people do I, re I remember talking to a woman who was married she was actually a lesbian and married and she was working with somebody who had opened her up and she mm. was discovering love and she thought she was in love with him mm. and I said no you're in love with the love mm. that he has shown you it's not him he's introduced you to love and you really felt it for, truly and honestly for the first time just allow that love to expand beyond him and you will see that it's your love that is for everyone and she kind of got it after that but we do you know that is the dangers of it of attaching love instead of freeing love and letting love be free because really when we hand it out to everyone it is just freedom of love isn't it yeah yeah there's a there's a there's a story it's a pretty long story but i'll, I'll just i'll just like take the the pertinent part where there's someone who's training under um oh gosh i think it's um a tibetan buddhist monk and um the the person was actually like uh, upset about the uh the student was upset about the relationship he had with his wife and the teacher's just like and he's like oh my wife uh, and the teacher's like what what she's yours yours yeah a possession oh the guy's like oh okay so, how much yeah, did you pay for her <laughs> exactly. so yeah so, so it's this idea it's like oh that's that's not mine it's so so yeah absolutely and it's instant you know and it's something i think if people have if people are really confused about it it really comes back to like well you have to develop that self-love and work on yourself because once you experience it you're just like oh okay i get it now this is it's it's this universal thing that has absolutely nothing to do with attachment it has nothing to do with yeah. the specifics of relationship it is just this this wonder and awe at the at the beauty of another another um part of this universe mm -hmm. and, and there you go um and when you do find that partner, it's because you are in sync, mm -hmm. right? There's you, there's her, but when it's the us, right? And you're doing, sharing your love out to the world, she is sharing out, but when you come together, then you're a ball of love that can share out even more. And that's the beauty of love. And that's the beauty of finding that right partner where, you know, together, you, individually you are strong, but when you come together, you're exponential. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like the most it's 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 pro I would think the most important relationship of your, of your life. Mm -hmm. I think so. I, I, and I say that from I, my biases, I don't actually have children. So right. But yeah, so I was going to say, kids. <laughs> I have three, the grandbaba. And I have to say that um, um, I, you know, I didn't marry the right energy match at all. But the, what I'm extremely grateful for are th four things my three children, mm. but also in having to fight for myself, mm. it forced me to go in and learn to love myself so I could free myself. So sometimes even a bad relationship, you're put there for a good re reason, right? Oh, so. oh, oh, for sure. Okay, you willing one, to learn though. <laughs> one more quick story. It's a really quick one. Um, I, as someone I know, um, he got married um, and they had a baby and he was holding the baby and he has a bizarre sense of humor because you know he's at one point he's holding the baby looks at his wife and and, and they're talking he's talking about love he's just like i i think when i was telling you about true love i think i've been lying to you because looking <laughs> at this baby now it's like oh okay okay yes. so i just had to throw that yeah. In there. okay yeah 
Well, you know, it's, it's um, you know, my daughter said, no, I haven't changed. I haven't changed at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like how many photographs later and <laughs> videos and, and uh, every, you know, the immersement of that child and it, it, uh, they take you over, they do. And it doesn't matter how old they are. You know, mine are 32, 36, 38. They're still my babies. And, you know, some, some roles may have reversed, but that love it only grows. It only grows, you know. And a, a spouse relationship, a partner relationship does have to be worked on more. And it, I'm not to say oh, yeah. you don't have to work on your relationship with your children either. You know, you do. We've had some rocky, you know, steps while they're going through their transitions, right? Where mums don't know anything right so that's very common a parent doesn't know anything because we obviously didn't go for anything in life but and then they go through and they go oh yeah maybe she did hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're going to not listen to wisdom from other people that know as well because we're on a self-discovery ourselves to understand who we are from our own perspective mm -hmm. then you yeah. come back to that wisdom and go i understand what you were saying yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Because they had the direct experience. Yeah. Yes. So parents don't give up. If your kids aren't getting it, but finally they'll come around and they will. <laughs> <laughs> so the book is the standing meditation. And as you said, for you, you choose to stand. And it's, it also uh, sounds almost like a, a Kung Fu stance where it's the pelvis in, mm -hmm. knees bent, uh, fingers touching at certain uh, they're kind of held. They're kind of held almost as if you're holding a giant beach ball. So it's almost right. like they form it, and that's so the energy can yes. circulate through your heart yeah. center this way. So it's almost like you're hugging a tree. You know, yeah. you're hugging a big tree. Right. <laughs> and that's that's very much to do with like the martial arts and the uh, the tai chi and the qigong. It's all very about much. that movement, and and of course their movement is all very slow and deliberate movement. It's the moving around of the energy, and. In a, this may be one for you or not. Your book is most certainly talking about it and the reasons why and what it's done for you, etc. But it is important that you do find what your meditative attachment is because that is where it's going to lead you in. And from in, you can project out, mm -hmm. um, yeah. which is really essential that we all do. And you've got this other book coming up. When is that going to be coming out? Oh, goodness. Uh, not That one's going to be a while. I'm in the middle of that 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 um stage where you're doing the first when i'm writing the first draft right. so i'm yeah. just like i'm just like no judgment no judgment. no no it will be when it will be right <laughs> and it right. may transform itself a few times before it gets to the final edit right <laughs> absolutely yeah so I, i'm it's, happy with the first one being out there it's like yes okay definitely well when you had the second one you've got to come back and share that too Lovely. i i always find in such delight you know when when people have gone through their their process and you know i always say the best teachers are those those that have gone through it you understand mm -hmm. you know you can relate you can see someone when they're spiraling and you know you know like i'd like to catch you before you fall but maybe you need to fall and i'll help you pick yourself back up but it's not doing it for you it's being there as your support your tutor your guider your supporter but we have to take onus and responsibility of our own actions we have to choose positive living uh, yeah absolutely it's you know in the and the in the Taoist tradition they're big on it it's like all right here let me get let me give you one one little tidbit okay good, now go off and you come back and tell me what happened yeah. and it, it's super strict you know because they yeah. get it because if 
because it, it's so easy to otherwise kind of get inter intertwined in that codependent relationship. So yeah, you know, it, it, it all comes back to like, just like with children, um, mm. everyone, and we're all children is, is yes. going on that journey of direct experience and direct growth. We are custodians of our children, right? And, and, it's, um, and it's through that custodianship that uh, we are there for them. And it's, uh, you know, and from that, it's, it's wonderful to see them grow, to see them become. And, and sometimes it's heartbreaking. And, you know, it's very heartbreaking for friends and family to see people fall. Or, you know, and it's like, I just don't understand the abilities inside of them. And why haven't they been successful? And one of the chatters that you have to put out is their negative point of view over you. Um, because that's, that's their opinion. They're entitled to it. And it's got nothing to do with you. And really, it's got nothing to do with you because it's their opinion. Don't take it on. Right? Ultimately is be prepared to look in the mirror right deep into the eyes, right down to the heart and the soul and start conversing there. Mm, yeah, what, beautiful, beautifully put. And meditation, whichever it is, is going to get you there. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, we're blocking out that chatter, uh, that chapper, chat, mm -hmm. chatter. <laughs> That's the important thing. There is so much static going on around there and it's very hard to find center in yourself, right? So, yeah, and it's it's like how we started this conversation. It's is also the key it, the key to clearing away um, what's getting in between you and that gut signal. Yes, yes, and knowing what what does the signal really mean? Going through the process of it, not preconceiving what it is meant to be, because yeah. that's a mind expectation thing, and the heart, soul, and wisdom thing is on a totally different level, right? So be willing to say, I hear you. Now, what do you want me to do? And don't, don't pre-cuspose, uh, you know, the, the thoughts of, well, you know, no, 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 we, we're going to do it this way. Because the head really is just a, a computer-sized of data. And if we don't know how to use that data, we're going to use it wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it, it's a tool. It could be a great tool, but just, you know, no, some, you don't use a hammer for everything. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, every tool has its has its uh, reason, and uh, the hammer is very useful at a certain time. But um, and you know there might be a nail that you're trying to drive through, which mm -hmm. is important. But you're not going to know what is relevant or not unless you go in. And going in means you need to switch everything off, take that breath align that chakra allow the energy to flow inside of you and then you will know what you need to know when you need to know it mm -hmm. yeah yeah beautifully beautifully put yeah absolutely absolutely so how do people get hold of the book and how do they get hold of you well uh the best way is um thestandingmeditation.com um, which actually right now just forward straight to its page on Amazon because mm -hmm. the book's on Amazon. If you, if you see the big red book, um, you're in the right spot. Um, and I, I also have a, a blog at naterifkin.com. Um, yeah, I post, I post articles and I, I keep, you know, updates um, and just little tidbits here and there. And honestly, I, I spent over three years on the book and I think that's the best introduction to, you know, if any, the, the way I like to put it is if anyone resonated with anything I said here today, um, they'll love the book. That's, uh -huh. 
I would bet on it. So, so yeah, there you go. And people can reach out to you by your email. Oh, uh, I think I, I hope I have some contact information on the site if anyone has any questions or something. Yeah. And if not, I'll jump on that. <laughs> it, well, look, it's Nate at uh, Nate Rifkin, oh, yeah. and that's R-I-F-K-I-N dot com. Yeah, that's right. Both both eyes, no E's or anything like that. Or right, right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe somebody wants you to be a speaker because they resonate with this. Uh, the whole point is um, I'm a big... I'm a big advocate for book clubs and podcast clubs, you know, listening to cool. podcasts together and then having a conversation, what you got out of it, the same with a book. And, uh, you know, you don't like we say with nutrition, as you've been in the nutrition business, it takes three months for the body to absorb a new nutrition and adapt to it. And that, you know, that will be the same with any form of meditative state. You need to give it time yeah. to get in there to, to uh, to equilibrium it, to have it kind of sent you into a point where you are comfortable with it. So it's not like I tried it once and it didn't work. No, yeah. sorry, folks, you've got to try and try again until it does, right? And if after that Devotion. three months, that isn't the particular one for you, okay, but you now know what meditation really does and you can find something else. But the whole point is find something that centers you. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's always going to take devotion. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for writing the book. <laughs> it's an honor to do so. So, yeah. Um, you know, it. as I said, the courage to say, you know, suicidal, bankrupt, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, bottom line, and, you know, uh, more and more men are stepping up and saying, this was my path, where in the past it would have been shame and blame. And now that those two words have been thrown out, no life lessons. Life mm -hmm. lessons learned passing on the wisdom. Right? Totally. So, thank you for passing on the wisdom. Well, I was, you know, it's my pleasure and it's my pleasure for, for being here. Thank you. So folks, remember, there's always an answer. It's all a question of choice, whether you choose to live positively, whether you're willing to do the work, whether you're really I'm sick and tired of landing on your ass and you really want to this time stand up and stay standing. There's the book, The Standing Meditation. It's in there. Everything that you can do that can bring you back to your own centering. But remember, ultimately, everything is your choice. Please make the best choice for you because we need your love in the world. Until next time, bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. You will hear many, many shows here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. We have new shows for you out every week. Just find them on our podcast or, or what's new. If you feel that you have something to share that makes a difference in the lives of others, or you too feel that you could be a host, please contact me at info at selfdiscoverymedia.com and we will be glad to speak with you. Have a wonderful day.